What's going on, family? This is Jake Taylor Jacobs with the ABS Brothers. And my name is Brother Ben X, and today we're going to be talking about the difference between financing your home and renting your home. Well, I'm glad that you said financing and not buying because, you know, those are two different types of things, and I want to kind of discuss that. Well, we before get you get all smart, you know, uh, you because know. on the Internet, okay. in my comments, they in an, say in an, in when an, you're financing your home, you basically buying your home because you got the deed or something like that. Mm, okay. Because we're going to talk about the difference of a deed, a mortgage, because most people don't know what a mortgage is. Most people don't know what a promissory note is, and most people don't know what a deed is. Mm. When you don't have the title, you don't own the property, therefore you did not buy a damn thing. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, so where do you, you want to go with this? Because you know I'm ready so, for all the So, so let's, let's start with... Um Buying a home. No, let's start with your story on how you was going to do it. Okay, well, I was going to buy a home. Uh, I was transitioning out of living in an apartment, and we was going to get a home over in Oak Cliff because we just wanted more than one room that we was in. Now, when I got this home, um, I was about to do a mortgage, like I guess like a 30-year mortgage. It wasn't a home that we really liked, number one. We really didn't like it. And I was about to get myself into a mortgage. And the good thing about it was whenever the inspection came, there was a lot of problems with the home. And this is also around the time that I had met Brother Jake, who teaches about private banking blueprint, uh, you know, not borrowing money from the bank. And that's exactly what I was doing, borrowing money from the bank to get a mortgage for a home that I really didn't want. But this is why I was mm. doing it. Because uh, around this time, I was around real, uh, realtors. I was around other people who was teaching about wealth and making money and things of that nature. And one of the things that they said was, if you buy a home, um, you basically own the home. Because now you have equity in the home. Uh, you have the deed. And basically, it is your house because you got the deed and, you know, uh, you can build equity in this house. So that's one of the reasons why I was going to initially get a home. And you said that you were going to mortgage a home that you really didn't care for, right? Yeah. How many people do you think mortgage a home that they really didn't care for all because they want to? Honestly, I think uh, uh, more than 50%, I think, are running around, especially with social media, with them wanting to, I guess, feel validated. And this is the American dream to have a home. The reason I say that is because there's been multiple people in my comments saying, well, where's your title? Because I teach digital real estate. So I guess they think I'm teaching real estate that type of real estate so they try to check me not knowing i got over two thousand properties come on huh <clears throat> digital real estate wise but when it comes to that a lot of people i feel like just want to be known as i own a home which takes me to the point where you was talking about that one person that you know who got a bunch of homes but they're not profitable yeah. so the reason that somebody got that many homes you can only live in one house yeah. you can only live in one room so to me the only reason you will have multiple homes is to make money but if you got all these homes and you got all these so-called titles and deeds, but you're not profitable, you just got a whole bunch of land. So what if you're not making any money off of it? When, when I when I looked at, um, because you know that uh, I used to spend a lot of time talking customer to customer. And you were talking about the family that owns, I can't remember the exact number anymore. It was six or seven properties. Mm -hmm. um, and out of the six or seven properties, four or five of them were debt free. And then they... Um, until they went and refinanced the debt-free homes to go get more homes. And the homes that they refinanced for to, to, to purchase were the ones that they could never actually keep people in it. Because here's a couple of things that people uh, fail to realize. We'll, we'll deal with the real estate investor side first because typically when I talk about purchasing a home, mortgaging a home, or any of those things, a lot of real estate investors come on talking about all this money that they make in real estate. But in truth, most properties only net about $300 to $400 a month per door. So we talk about per door. What you're talking about is you have the cost of the home, which is the finance, which is the, the actual, um, the mortgage that you're, the, the promissory note that you're paying that has a mortgage lien on it, which is a totally different conversation, but we finna get in that today. Um, and so the average three bedroom, two bath, with somebody with average credit, you're talking about going to spend anywhere from uh, uh, $1,200 a month to uh, $1,600 a month, depending on your area. I'm talking about Texas, for a basic three-bed, two-bath for them to be able to mortgage. Then if they rent that out, 
in Texas, I'm talking about specifically our area, you're talking about for a basic three-bed, two-bath, two you're not going to be able to rent it out for more than $1,500 to, uh, to $1,800, um, depending on your area. So you're talking about a four to $500 a month revenue, not including maintenance, not including updates, not including HOA fees, or if you're in an HOA fee area, not including proper, you know, uh, thinking about what your property is going to be taken advantage of based on the person that you got in there. So you're talking about you're going to be netting $200, $300 a month just to have your money inside of some uh, some property that you're talking about a cash flow. Don't okay, now, now wait right there. Hold that thought Okay. because I want to clear this word for the audience who don't know anything about money. When you said they refinance, we yeah. heard this word before, yeah. refinance your car and yeah. refinance your home. What does refinance mean? Then get back to your point. Refinance is when you take um, the value of a car or an asset or a home that you have control over and you go back to the bank for them to buy the debt or buy the car or buy the asset based on its current value. And then they, you know, they either give you better rates or they give you a cash difference. So with a house, if you have, let's say that everyone always talks about the equity that you're building in a house, but the equity that you're building in a house can't be touched unless you refinance it which means say my house was worth $100,000. I grew $20,000 of equity. If I want to get back access to that $20,000, I got to refinance the whole house for $120,000 in order for me to get my $20,000 difference. If I owe the bank $100,000, the house is valued at $120,000, I can go back to the bank and refinance for the $120,000. Most banks don't do that, but let's say you refinance for the full $120,000. You keep $20,000 in your pocket, but now your mortgage is now at the rate for the 120000 That's what a refinance is. So people typically take something that they owe, they go to another bank or to their same bank, and they get it reprocessed under a better uh, check um, credit, credit amount. Or if the value of the asset grew, they'll be able to keep that and pocket the difference, but they still got to pay that back mm. in the mortgage or the loan that you have. And so when it comes to it, I'm talking about the construct of the mortgage, um, real estate, whatever world, because when I, when I meet people who actually do real estate, nine times out of ten, the people who actually do real estate and see the true benefit of real estate without having to sell a course, they own their properties outright. And they're receiving cash flow from these properties. And they hardly sell them. They, they, they look at going to the bank and doing a deal with the bank as a last-minute deal. And when you say they own their property, meaning that, are you saying there's no mortgage? In, yes. Are no. you saying they living in it or somebody else is living? Somebody in it? else is living in it, but there's no note on it. There's no lien on it. There's no promissory note. They own the title and the deed, clear and free. Only thing they got to pay are taxes mm -hmm. on the property. That's what I'm talking about. When we talk about the question, should I rent or should I or purchase a home? First of all, the biggest myth that I've been trying to debunk this entire time is everybody thinking that you have to purchase a home in order to be able to participate and guarantee generational wealth. It is an absolute lie from the pit of hell. The easiest way for you to guarantee generational wealth for your family is life insurance and a trust, and it, and it costs you nothing compared to actually uh, going and getting in debt to get this white picket fence with this house that you know you're going to settle for in the first place. And when we do the numbers, and I've done these numbers over and over again on our shows, Brother Ben, you know that. I've done these numbers over and over again in our courses. The numbers do not show favorable for the average person living in an average neighborhood with average growth because everybody always talks about just get a house in an area that you know is going to boom. Do you know how hard it is to get a house in an area that's going to boom? And if the community or the city knows that the area is going to boom, all of those lands, those properties, and those houses are going to be above market. So you ain't going to be able to get in if you want to get in. And so when you look at the average house and the average construct of a home, you're talking about the average home is not growing more than 3.8% on average of appreciation on equity. You can put your money in the market and do better than 3.8% a year. Mm -hmm. You can put your money in the insurance policy. Get four to eight percent a year guaranteed. You can put your money in Safe Moon and get uh, over hundred percent a day. I, you know, I don't know. You can put your money. There's a bunch. Of, you can put your money in your own business and flip that bread many times over before you actually deal with the house. But let's deal with why so many people feel pressured in getting a mortgage because everything has a beginning. Everything has a creation. 
because this th this thought process wasn't necessarily the main thought process when it came to how we think. Because if you look at statistics before the baby boomers, before the baby boomers, the average person or average couple didn't get a home until they were married four or five years. They stayed in apartments or they stayed with family. And when they purchased a home and when they were ready to purchase a home, you're talking about four or five years, they were in their 30s. The average people that are getting homes now today are getting pressure to get homes. They're in their 20s. You barely know what you're doing. You barely know where you want to go. You barely know where you want to stay. You barely know if you want to be with that partner that you're with. And you're having kids that you know, quite frankly, you can't afford. So we shouldn't even be thinking about purchasing homes right now or financing homes. We should be trying to figure out how can I increase my income-making ability. This is the issue that I'm having in the marketplace when I'm teaching people about renting or mortgaging. Renting is just based on convenience. I don't look at where I stay as a place like an asset. I'm not hoarding my money where I stay. What I mean by that is when people say, Jake, well, well, uh, why would you rent versus versus going to get a home? Because the home I want to get, I ain't, I ain't listen, <laughs> the home I want to get, it ain't no $120,000, $50,000 home, and I'm not... I'm not talking mess about anybody's home. What I am saying is I know that me purchasing a home is going to be for my use, which means I'm going to be putting more money into my house as I stay in it for maintenance, to purchase the property, for foundation updates, for fixing up the inside of your house. Because in order for your house to stay up with equity value, you got to keep reinvesting in the renovations in the house. You're talking about every four to six years, if you really want to keep up, you're talking about forty dollars to $50,000 every four to six years. That's $10,000 a year that you put into this property, uh, a year that you put in the property to keep up with renovations, the changes that are happening. So if you say $10,000 over 30 years, that's $300,000 just in renovations you added to the house, not including that $350,000 note, I mean a mortgage that you got, which you're going to end up paying 562 something thousand dollars for it. So you got $562,000. You put $300,000 of renovations into it and you pay taxes into it. Not 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 to mention your children and poked holes in the walls. They didn't, they didn't accidentally got mad at grandma and then lied and say that they didn't hit the wall. You got coloring and stuff all on the wall, not including not including your water, not including your electricity. When you look at the construct of purchasing a home, it is a liability at its core. And to make that big of a decision before you have any true financial stability in your life is absolutely asinine, and I can prove it. Now, before you prove it, what is the, what, when is the time to buy a home? Because let's say you somebody like to me. To start the process of buying a home or yeah, buying like, a cash? Like, yeah, like buying, buying. Because if you somebody like me, if I'm renting a house, they, you can't necessarily change how things look on the inside. Or you can't bust down walls because exactly. you're know, the landlord. Exactly. What if somebody want a basketball exactly. court and they're like me? What if somebody don't want, don't need this room, they want to renovate it? I can't do that renting. So what am I supposed to do? It sounds like you got a lot of wants, not, not to take care of your needs. When I first, when you and I first met, before we um, we got into business, business together, you and I had two totally different worlds, right? Even though I may have been financially secure, you were, you were just spending your money. You just didn't know where the world was going because uh, you were making six figures when I met you. We just didn't know where, <laughs> where it was at. But the point that I'm making is your life 18 months from now, from when we first met, my life 18 months from when we first met, it wasn't based on what rooms I want. It was based on how much more value can I provide to the marketplace with my specific skill set that will allow for me to go and make more money. And as a result of that, now I can look at things for what I want, not based on my needs. A lot of us are making big, drastic financial decisions based on what we want, not based on what we need. What you needed was a roof over your children, your family's head. Mm -hmm. What you needed was a room for you and your wife. Maybe a room for your, uh, uh, for, uh, uh, I ain't gonna say their names on, you be saying their names online? Okay, for, for, for your room, for, uh, for your, your daughter and your son. Um, and honestly, they could share a room. Mm -hmm. So you really only need two rooms, a living room, well, three rooms, because you needed a studio. So you really just need a three bedroom, a little too bad. Some people say, hey, but hey, is that, is that wasting money? You, well, 
Uh, your phone bill, don't you pay that every month? Is that waste of money? Why not go own a phone company? Your 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 electricity. Well, you need to go own. You need to go own a a turn a turn pot a turn pot so you can earn your your earn your energy. Your 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 food. What what about your food? Well, you're renting your food because you you don't own cows. You don't own chickens. This is the cost of living. And so in this stage of my life, which is a temporary stage of my life, in the ages of my youth, I should be trying to figure out how much more value I can bring the world, not trying to go and mortgage or finance a home because you want to be considered stable or you want to be considered secure when in actuality you are not because the average ordinary person can't even put more than 20 percent down on a home Mm. we get more house than we can afford because if you can truly afford mortgaging or financing a home you should be able to put more than 20 percent down on a house you shouldn't need no 3.5 percent h uh uh whatever whatever the little uh grants and stuff are you shouldn't need that but we're taking bad financial habits and, took, and putting it into a long-term financial situation to where the bank has more benefit. We end up paying the bank more interest than the actual cost of the home when you look at the totality of that actual mortgage in a property versus me when I rent. It's a temporary circumstance. I am renting for a temporary period of time. So since I've been out of college since, 20, uh, since 2014, 2014 to 2021, what's that? Uh, Seven years, seven years, seven years, starting next year, going until going into starting next year, going and and finishing up in 2022. Me and my wife will have our dream house built. It took me, let's say, if I'm doing the same rent versus buy, right, it would have taken me. Eight or nine years, eight or nine years, I got a home that's scot free. Somebody may say, well, you could have mortgaged. Well, you still eight or nine years later, you still paying your mortgage. Eight or nine years is going to pass regardless whether I am renting or I'm saving my cash Mm. to go and purchase a house. Either way, I still got to spend something. I got to live somewhere. I got to spend the money somewhere. And I would much rather pay for convenience. (laughs) I ain't got to worry about um, uh, uh, the, the, the AC unit going out. We forget that. The AC unit, you spend all your money to get into a house you can't afford and the AC go out. What you going to do? Get a credit card to pay for it. Now you double in debt. The AC unit go out. You didn't find you. You didn't realize because you, you was trying to rush to get a house. The foundation tore up. Now you got to find some extra money, fix the foundation. I saw my mom and my dad go through this whole owning a home situation for years, only for years to pass. And my parents still had like 15 years on their home. And we got the we, we got the we got the home. Shoot, when I was eight. So so I'm looking at my parents like this can't be the way. There are plenty of years, bro, that we we should have been kicked up out of our house. We couldn't pay the mortgage for nothing. And then looking at my parents struggle to pay this mortgage to keep up with this mortgage only to see where the equity is today. It is it is crazy. It's crazy. I know, I know what y'all thinking. I hear it. I know what y'all want to ask him, but you can't, so I'm gonna ask it. But we're gonna do it after this commercial break. Check out this commercial our BWO program commercial. And soon as we come back, I'm going to ask them the question y'all want to ask. Be right back. Peace, fam. It's your brother, Ben X. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. 2021 is all about execution. I looked at 2021 as 2020 vision. You was learning your vision. You was birthing your vision. You don't went through the pain and the pressure to give birth to many ideas that you never would have had without that pandemic. But 2021, me, Brother Derek Grace, Chris Cole, Jake Taylor Jacobs, and 19 Keys, we're pulling all of our courses together to give you guys a roadmap to make y'all some money all 2021 and to most importantly, change your mindset, your family, and your structure for all 2021. You're going to learn about stocks. You're going to learn about how to own your own bank so you never have to borrow money from the bank. You're going to learn digital real estate. You're going to learn in-home banking to set up that family structure. If that's something you want to be a part of, go get your membership at blackworldorder.com www.blackworldorder.com Check out those first two meetings. If you win, then you win. Peace. And we are back. Welcome back to ABS Brothers. Now, the question that I know they want to ask is, 
since you're talking so much about mortgaging, how it doesn't make sense, how they're going to have all these expenses, why are you all now about to get your dream house, buy your dream house next year? What needs to be in place? What has led you to this spot to where you're saying all this about mortgage, but you guys are or buying a home and you're about to buy a home? What needs to be in place? Well, the difference there's a difference between mortgaging. Uh, uh, um, let's address mortgaging. Okay. You don't pay a mortgage. Okay. A mortgage is a lien on the promissory note that you, the loan that you owe the bank. So a lot of people say I'm paying my mortgage. That's 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 incorrect. A mortgage is a uh, a housing lien that is put on the promissory note that you signed to get a loan for the house. So what happens is you ask the bank for a loan, right? They say yes. So what, when they gave you the loan with the promissory note, they then created a mortgage lien on the home, on the note, on the home, which said that if you do not pay your promissory note back, the mortgage lien is going to now take your home mm. as collateral for the promissory note. So we are not, you're not paying a mortgage. You are paying the actual promissory note. Your home asset just has a mortgage lien on it. When we clear that up, now we can begin to start looking at things clearly. I took out a loan to purchase a home to pay the builders. The bank put a mortgage on that home that the builders built because I still owe the bank because of the loan that they gave me. That's how it works, right? Mm -hmm. So the difference between what I am doing versus what um uh, what somebody may say, well, if I mortgage my home, if it's my dream home and I can go ahead and get it now and I pay it off in nine years, is it not the same? Well, here's how I look at it. Here's how I look at it. My dream home changed when my income changed. Mm -hmm. My dream home changed when my exposure changed. My dream lifestyle changed when I got exposed to different lifestyles. So what may be your dream today? Well, my, my dad told me, my dad told me this, Brother Ben, we was in our house uh, uh, in Dallas, and we got a little itty, itty bitty house. Um, and uh, my dad at one point used to tell me, it was, this is my dream house, man. You know, I just always wanted to be here. And I asked my dad one day, I said, Dad, if this was your dream house, how come about four or five times when we were in school, you was trying to get a bigger house? Because we're going to pause here, right? Because everybody always says they want to buy a house for equity, generational wealth, and all those things, correct? Well, if this is your dream house, why is equity even in the question? Why is equity even in the equation? If this is your dream house, if this is your dream house, why did you ever think about selling it? What does equity matter if you never want to sell your dream house? That immediately debunks a lot of people's reasons for getting homes. Mm -hmm. You want to get a home because I just want to build this equity, man, build up this generational wealth. These are all the things that you're saying. But if this is your dream home, this means that you dream to be in this home till you die. So what is the purpose of this equity that you're already getting into or this equity that you're building in a home? Because all you're doing is just paying off the home. So in my situation, the difference between financing a home, not mortgaging, financing a home and buying a home is I don't deal with the bank. I'm dealing directly with the builders because I am the bank. I'm dealing directly with the builders because I'm cutting a check to the people who are going to be building my home. So people say all the time, well, Jake, what if I can't afford a $200,000, $300,000 home? That just means you can't afford it right now. You probably need to do what me and my wife are going to demonstrate, just like churches do. You go and buy the land. We should be, uh, God, God willing, knock on wood, we should be uh, locking our land in today. When you buy the land, then you create timelines with your builder. And then you pay off your home as they continue to build the property. What do, what do, what do churches do? When they say, we got this building fund, what they do? Y'all, we're we going to save this money to get this land. Then guess what? They, they get the land, right? Then they say, oh, y'all, we, we, we got about $40,000 more we need to save. Why? So we can start building up the foundation. Then they build up the foundation. Then they get the little covering on it. Then what typically happens? It takes two years for the church to get the rest of the money to finish building the property. If you really cared about buying a, a building a home that bad or buying a home like that, then how come you won't go that route? Mm. Why do you why do you have to? Why do you have to mortgage a home? I mean, uh, why do you have to finance a home 
and and then and then start making payments on a home that you mortgage that you didn't put 20% down because you couldn't afford. That's why you decided to move because typically people always say it costs the same money to rent as it does to own a home. That's a lie. People don't include the taxes. They don't include HOA. They don't include maintenance. They, uh, of course, you know, they, they go mortgage to mortgage. Um, they don't include that. Then they also don't include crazy things happening inside your house now that you own it. They don't include electricity. They don't include gas. You got a bigger house. You pay for gas and your electricity. They don't include all these things uh, uh, keeping up with maintenance on your yard. Well, I cut the grass. Now you're talking about taking time away from your life to now go and cut the grass when you could have been uplifting and use your gift for somebody else. These are all things I take into account when it comes to mortgaging a personal home, and it's all about your timing and your place in your life. I'm not telling people not to own a home. It's very important for us to own a home, especially for people um, uh, who are sending their children to public school because what your uh, homeowners, 56% of property taxes goes to the local school community that's in that community, 56%. So whether you believe in public school or not, 56% of your property taxes goes to that uh, public school institution that's in your community. So I'm not saying not to, uh, to own a home. What I'm saying is that shouldn't be the first thing that we think about. When, when people leave college, Ben, and they graduate, the first thing they think about is, I need to get a job, and I need to purchase a home. The first thing, not I need to get a job, increase my value, make me some more money, is I need to get a job, I need to find me a home, and I need to find me a family and settle down and get a damn dog, and we're going to live life happily ever after. Not, 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 not me looking at a scenario and saying, okay, I need to find me a job, and then let me move my butt back home. See, this is what most people fail to realize, Ben. A lot of us talk about generational wealth for our community, but your mama and your daddy still paying a mortgage on their home. You talk about moving generations forward, generational wealth. Why are you financing a home before you paid off your parents' home? Before I got a car, before I got the Rolexes, before you saw me uh, 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 swing up, there are things I had to get in order, Brother Ben. And one of the things was... I'm not going to talk about a debt-free lifestyle, living mortgage-free, and my parents are still in a mortgage. So I paid off my parents' home before I even bought a home because it's about priorities. How can I talk about freedom? How can I talk about generational wealth if I'm not investing in the generation before me? And so I had to free my parents up for mortgage. And now that my mom understands, she was like, son, we was never going to get out of that. Now she can free up and she can think, okay, okay, we can breathe a little bit. Because most of our income, when, when most of our mortgages, uh, uh, more than 30%, sometimes for most people, more than 30% of our take-home revenue is going directly to the bank. And when if you ever look at your mortgage chart, you spend more in interest in your first 15 years than you do in actual principle of your home. And people always talk about all the time how we going to keep it. We just just put a little bit on your principal. You can't name you can't name me more than 50 percent of America. That's that's continue consistently to actually pay extra money on a principal to pay their house off. It doesn't work because whatever you typically sign on that contract is what you stick to, which is why people continue to refinance, which is why they keep doing that, because you end up staying in debt, which at the end of the day, ain't nothing but rent to the bank. You paying rent anyway. You paying rent anyway. You either paying rent to the bank. Or you paying rent to a landlord who gonna help manage your property. The only difference is when you pay rent to the bank, they make you take care of all the responsibility. Well, Jake, I control and I can sell this home. That's cool. That's fine. You can you can control and you can sell the home. You put twenty thousand dollars into the into the property, and and you, the equity grow three percent, uh, and you just looking at how much extra money you get on the twenty percent. I do that with my policy. I take the $20,000 out my policy. I pay in my rent. When I pay when I pay my rent with my 20,000, I pay uh, 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 I pay rent back to my own banking system in my policy and my policy grows 4 to 8%. So we're growing the same equity. We're growing the same money, except the difference is I'm looking more at the value that I'm bringing to society versus where I'm staying at the current moment. What are you doing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at Top Golf? What you mean what I'm doing at 1 o'clock uh, uh, in, in, the, in, the in the afternoon, afternoon at 1 o'clock? Uh, listen, let me tell you something. Brother Ben taught me skill sets that you can learn to as well on how to take what I've learned in all of my business experiences online and I can just use it from my phone. Matter of fact, 
Um, I've created multiple seven-figure companies just from my phone alone because of what that brother showed. So show that brother right there. Now come back to me. That brother has literally showed me exactly how to take what I've learned in the offline world and how to take it online. But if you click the link below, you can learn the 50 ways that you can be able to make money so you can take advantage of the very same thing he taught me so you can take your life to the next level. So I'm gonna get back to what I'm doing, making money online. And we're back from the great commercial. Yeah, we do our own commercials. Yeah, we don't need nobody other. We don't need no other products, no other services. We do our own thing. Now, one thing but I want to touch open. on. Yeah, we are yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. if y'all want to sponsor now. <laughs> The ticket going to be high. Yeah, yeah. It can't be no stuff that we don't agree with, though. But listen, um, one thing in our community that we deal with is you get kicked out at 18. If you're black, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Mama and them, you know, you either going to go to college, boy, you're going to the military, boy, or you get kicked out. Figure it out. Now, something that me and Jake was just talking about before we got started is, which I'm pretty sure he going to go in on, many of these parents are not even prepared themselves financially um and to be able to send your ch or to send your children out into a world not only that you're not financially ready not only that you're not mentally ready but you have not done the prerequisite as a parent to prepare your children you haven't taught them about life insurance you haven't taught them about increasing in skills and talent all we worried about is did you get an a in school did you get a b did you pass your test and then you know when they ask when they ask us for the homework to help out with the homework, you, here you go. Boy, I don't know nothing about no algebra, you know, all that calculus. I don't know nothing about that. Ask somebody else. So they can't come to you for help with the homework because, you know, I mean, I get it. You ain't been in school in 30 years, so you done forgot it. And you haven't sat down as a parent to teach them math, teach them about business, or you have not found somebody of value who could teach them business and all of the prerequisites that they need to be called an adult or a man then you tell them just because they have turned the biological age of 18 to get out the house. This is why we are seeing a lot of us are in this condition as well. So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, first and foremost, I agree 100%. When you look at a lot of the Eastern societies uh, that do not submit to the Western world of family, being family-oriented, oriented, oriented, golly, um, <laughs> Uh, have I been fasting today? So are you fasting? Uh, so, so, and then to go from then when they come here to America, they 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 cling true to the culture. I was talking to um, T T uh, does uh, gives me my manicure, and she does uh, uh, work with my wife and with me, pedicure and manicure. And I was asking T because do it T, hurt when you get your feet done? Uh uh. Oh, it used to tickle before I, before I, before I got, you know, it used to tickle, but I'm used to it now. Um, when I used to, when I asked T, T's, T's 35 and her brother is 33 and she has a sister who's like 28, around that age. And they all still stay with the mother and the father. And I said, T, uh, I said, are you dating a guy? You know, y'all going to get married? Y'all going to stay? And she was like, mm, maybe four or five years. I said, T, you you, <laughs> you like 34, 35? She said, yeah, yeah, but 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 we have to be ready. I'm like, okay, T, like, what are you talking about? And AJ's sitting right here, and she know where I'm going because I it, I just like to get data, right, from other communities on, on you know, how what what's the dynamic like? Because in our community, we say, well, if I don't like you, then that means you got to get out of my, and it doesn't work. So I asked T, I said, T, you got your, your brother, who's your, you're the oldest, your brother and your sister, you know, all y'all still staying in the house, you know, you know, why y'all still, y'all can't, you y'all make enough money, right? You're, you said your brother's an engineer or something, your sister do something with tech, and she said, yeah, but why leave? Boy, boy it messed me up. And the conversation came up because she says she said that uh, she can't wait to get home because her mom's cooking. I was like, "Oh, y'all doing a get together?" She's like, "No, I we she cooks every day." I'm like, "Your mama come to your house and cook every day? She must love you." She said, "No, Jay, no, no, we stay together." And that's what kind of started the conversation. You know what I'm thinking? What? <laughs> what? I already know what black people are thinking. Somebody in the comment section, bear witness if you know I'm telling the truth. Your mama wants you out so they can walk around the house naked. 
Let's just let's just keep it a hundred. Okay, but they but, they want to be able to walk okay. around the house free. Understood. And got, that's what they want. Okay, but but that's the issue I'm getting to. That's the point I'm getting to. Let me tell you why. Because when I was asking her, you know, them staying or them whatever, and I said, "Do y'all not get into it or whatever?" She said, "Yeah, like if if I don't want to stay in the house for a couple of weeks, I'll get a hotel, you know, whatever." Mm. Um, cause you know, they, they have the resource and she's, and I asked her, why won't you get your own apartment? Why won't you get your own place? And she was like, for what? I mean, why would I get my own place and I can help my parents, you know, do everything in the house. And then I said, um, so you what about, you know, the son? Okay. Of course I get the women staying. Mm-hmm. What about the son? And, and she was like, um, my father said un- until he has enough to purchase his house cash and be able to take care of his future family. He cannot lead a house. So it forces them to invest and to save into, you know, whatever. Because he's trying to get the grace of his father to lead a house. And, and, and I said, do y'all got like a small house? She said, no, it's a big house because we all work. So there's plenty of room for us to kind of work or whatever. And I said, you know, usually, what age usually um, do, do, do you all get married? Because I see a lot of young Asian couples, they're dating and stuff. She's like, yeah, but they're not like traditional. Like they, you know, they kind of do their thing. But traditional Asian Asian men don't get married to to like late thirties, early forties. Mm. Um, in 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 women, uh, typically they get picked up by a forty year old. They're usually in their twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight range. That's enough for a man to take care of his uh, significant other. Enough for her to be able to be taken care of. Blase, blase. And so I said, well, and I asked the same question because you know I'm black. I said, so your mama and your daddy don't ever be like, you know, y'all got to go because you know I said in our community, our mama won't be hanging out with no bra on, no nothing on. She busts that left. Oh Jay, you crazy? <laughs> she said no because her parents got married late 30s and 40s, so they already they already had that fun and they planned on having a family and they understood the responsibility of having that family for 20, you know, 30 years to come until they were prepared. But the biggest problem that I see, especially in the black community, is we baby our children until they're 18, and then we kick them out the door and say, you grown. Mm. See, the difference in our community versus other communities are they're raising adults. Their children are, they got jobs. They go into the, the office. They go into the business. They understand the responsibility. They're managing books. Like, they're, they're you know, they, 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 they in the company. You know, they're participating. If you're a web designer, you're doing, you doing technology and doing cybersecurity at nine years old, providing some type of value to the company, to the family, so that they ain't got to outsource that money out. So they're already being taught and being bred on how to be adults in this world, how to navigate in this world, how to move in this world. So when you have a bunch of children at 18, the biggest gripe that black folk, uh, our folk have, black folk have, when it comes to our children, is, man, you always want some. You have no respect for this and this. But how are they supposed to have respect or understand what adulthood looks like if you still acting like a child and then you telling them to be upright, you telling them to work hard, but they see you tripping, they see you cutting up, you telling them to get their grades right, but they seeing you lack off on your job every day and quit a job anytime somebody make you mad. Mm. They see you with bad temperament every time you come home and you put it on them and you make them go clean your stuff when you made the mess. And you're telling them to clean up after themselves when they see you never clean up after yourself. So we're looking at what we're doing, what we're training in our children. We're training big children with mustaches and makeup that literally leave uh, from being pretty much an 18-year-old child to now the child wants independence and they want freedom because they tired of being treated like a child because you kept telling them since 10, at 18, you've grown to make your decisions. So the only thing in their mind is when I get to 18. You didn't tell your child you can make your own decisions when you provide valuable um, value to this house. The moment that my mom and my dad told me, my mom and my dad told me that um, I couldn't have no say-so about my room until I start bringing money to the table, I start selling candy. And I was giving my mama mortgage money, money to pay the mortgage, uh, sophomore, junior, senior year. You said, you, mama, you said, I saw you crying in there. You said that if I brought money to the table, that I can be, able, I can be treated with some respect up in here. From that point on, my parents, my parents treated me with respect. They never came and bothered me. I got to shut my door. They treated me like a young adult because I held that standard. But my parents told me, they gave me the option, if you want 
value in this house. If you want such and such, if you come in my house after 11, don't knock on the door. You're going to have to sleep outside. They gave me rules of engagement, but it allowed for me to be able to practice adulting. And so when I got to practice adulting, now you send children who are 18 that think they grown to college with a bunch of freedom that you never gave them because they were always treated like a child and they were always your handmaids. You didn't treated your children like servants and children. You sent them out to college. And you, you, you wonder why they go buck wild. Mm. You wonder why they start robbing people and why they start smoking and why they start drinking, why they start having a good time. Then they waste their best years from 18 to 25 trying to live free when they could have been living that from 13 to 18 within the confinements of your home. Freedom of choice. Most children rebut because they don't have freedom of choice in the house. I understand discipline, but you got to teach your children uh, the, the, the importance of cause and effect. When you make this decision, this is the effect. So at five years old, I was telling Taylor, listen, if you make this choice, here are the consequences. If you make this choice, here are the consequences. And I was telling Taylor that at two. She didn't understand me like that, but she started to understand the context of how I speak. So now Taylor, at five, she says, Daddy, what are my choices? If you choose this, pa, pa, pa. If you choose this, pa, pa, pa. She says, hmm. Why? Decision making is important. Why? Because when you go out there in that real world and now you got to make a decision on should I get a loan that's going to keep me landlocked in the house for 30 years and I can only sell it if somebody is interested in buying it. They're going to say they're going to cause an effect. Okay. You go to college. If you never taught your child cause and effect. They go to college. The problem in our community is we having children before we can afford them. You can't afford the child because you want to bump and grind. I understand. I was in that space, too. I was married, but I was in that space. And I wasn't thinking clearly. But if you can't afford, you understand that children are, they are liabilities until they can become old enough for it to be an asset. <laughs> they are liabilities <laughs> in the beginning. So when you look at that, every time you pop a child, there's a cost associated with that. There's more responsibility associated with that, which is why we should be looking at our decision making and saying, let me make sure I get to some stable decision, some stable place before I bear children. Let me let me let me get make sure I'm in some uh, a state of mind and make sure my mind has caught up to my age. Because even though I'm 18, I'm still making decisions like I'm 12 because I have not been trained on how to make decisions from 12 to 18. So at 18, now I'm still making decisions based on what I want, not what needs to be done. And when you look at and when you look at other communities and how they operate, most of those children, they do what needs to be done before they want to do something. That's what they do, Brother Ben. And that's what we got to get to because if we can get to that space, now you have people having children at later ages, which means that they're better financially, which means they didn't have to spend their 20s trying to figure out how they're going to survive and put some food in this child's mouth. They spent their 20s trying to figure out how much more value they can bring to the marketplace, how much more income impact that they can make so they can increase their income. How much more money can you save? How, look in that situation and say, okay, me dating this person, me talking to this person, mate, this is going to be the cause and effect of me sleeping with this person. They already don't pay their bills. So if they don't pay their bills and then we have a child, nine times out of ten, I'm going to be raising a child of my own. Let me not put myself in those type of uh, predicaments that will allow for me to be better, um, better financially sound when I get to that position. Now you have us having children around 20, uh, between 28 and 35. Most of us don't even start getting secure in our own decision making until 28. 28, that's when you start to, okay. Start feeling yourself. You get closer to 30, you're like, I'm about to hit 30, so I'm, my mind already changing. My mind is different. But before then, you know, I think a lot of us just, we, we, we make irrational decisions because we're still big kids with mustaches and makeup, and you think that independence is leaving your mama house. Independence is adding value to society. That's what independence is, making decisions based on your own volition, not based on somebody else enticing you to go and purchase something, to enticing you to go and in, 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 in invest in something. You can make decisions on your own. And a lot of you 
are currently living in an apartment complex and you only use the kitchen in the room. You're barely in the living room because you're too tired because you're working two or three jobs to keep up that, that independent lifestyle. When your mom and daddy got an extra room in their bedroom, your grandma got an extra room, your uh your best friends, y'all can be living together, uh, saving y'all money together, making better choices financially so that when you look up and you're a little bit older, you're you're, you're in a much better situation, honestly. And I heard that's how other cultures do it, even when they come here. <clears throat> like you were saying, they'll get into a house, and it'll be a family. Like, not just immediate family, but it'll be a family. Then once they married, I heard that what they'll do is they'll go buy a house, so they'll pull their they'll resources. They'll all pull the money together and buy they'll house, buy a yeah. house. They move out, and they just do the same thing. And before you know the it. The whole family own yeah, the neighborhood. they own that whole little neighborhood. But like you say, it's going to take. Uh, sacrifice. It's going to take, well, man, I want privacy. It's going to take, you know, man, I don't want to argue with somebody. I want to just deal with my, you know, my particular family. But when you look at it, it's almost like the, it's almost like the life insurance thing that you were saying or, uh, you know, going a life insurance route, it may appear to take longer, but it's around that same time or like you was talking about, I can rent a home uh, until I'm able to buy a home just like you are mortgage a home just before you actually buy it. Yeah, you don't want to be living with somebody. Yeah, you don't want to be dealing with, you know, when you come to the kitchen, somebody else probably in the refrigerator. Yeah, you probably don't want to deal with somebody else in the bathroom. But if you look at that time period, the money that you will be able to save to actually get out, if Bro. you can sacrifice yes. that time period, if you can sacrifice those that, that those years, it gives you the money so that you can save it to actually move out faster. But by you trying to do Bro. everything on your own, paying everything, especially if you don't got a good paying job, or you don't have a business that's paying you well, it actually may take you longer yep. trying to do it yourself yep. because you want to be free and be in, in, and, independent. And, and honestly, here's the here's the thing: just because you can make the payment doesn't mean you can afford the, the afford the cost of the, the of that decision. People look at well, if I can make the payment, I can afford it. No, you cannot, because privacy comes with a cost that most people cannot afford, mm. and 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 it just is that. And so when it comes to that, it's it's the it's the Privacy is an illusion. What do you need privacy for other than doing things that you cannot afford to do right now? See, I, I need I need privacy to, to go have sex. Can you afford sex? You may you may you may you may can you you may can um you may can make the payments for sex. It'll get you some condoms, you know. Uh go out on a little date, you know, a little nibble or two, you know. You you may can you can make make those quick payments, but the actual cost of a, of taking care and providing a child the true environment they need in order for them to survive, sustain, grow, and add value to the marketplace, you can't afford that. Mm, which takes me to a quote uh, of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I think this this quote here um, goes with a lot of things principle-wise. Yeah. He says, don't let your outgo exceed your income or else your upkeep will be your downfall. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't let your outgo exceed your income or else your upkeep mm -hmm. will be your downfall. And when you said that, just because you can pay for it don't mean you can afford it. Some of us could buy new cars right now yeah. but can't afford that. how much it's going to cost for that part, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't afford how much that oil change is going to be. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. afford how much it's going to cost if it breaks down. Can you truly afford it? For example, yes, you can have children. You have the ability to have children. You got sure sperm. She got ovum. You can, y'all can have it. But can you afford the actual cost of making it happen? Yes, you can get married legally. Maybe you may be of age legally. But yep. are you ready, really, to be able to be in a situation to where you married and have to be the provider, or have to even deal with just that environment of trying to become one yep. with somebody? Because when, just because you got married, don't mean you necessarily. Married per se, that is a process of years to actually becoming one with the person that you're with. So I think that's a good point that you make. Just because you can pay for something, just because you got the maybe cash in your bank account or something, keep in mind, keep in mind of the things that come after that. Keep in mind of the consequences and the scenarios that may come after that. Are you prepared for that? Like he was just saying earlier, yeah, you want to leave your home because some people, Jake, do have parents that will, that don't mind them staying. They want them but to But like stay. you say, you know, man, daddy getting on my nerve. Mama getting on my nerve. Oh, I'm sick of this. They won't let me do this or I can't have no privacy. And it's you who want to leave. Mm. And at the age of 18, you can leave. You can't get in a, uh, an apartment. 
But what you're not thinking about is, like my mama always told me, when you finally on your own, it's going to feel like them bills come around every two weeks. And that's what it feel like. They'll come around every two weeks, and there's certain things that you're going to wish that you didn't rush. Like, for example, I, you know, I, I love, and I'm going to say this for anybody who's still at home. Christmas gifts, if you still celebrate Christmas. Birthday gifts, if you still do the birthday thing. Listen, if you are still in the house, you need to be thinking about where you want to go in life and, and take advantage of that you still got parents who can take care of you or they can help you out. Now, I'm talking about little, little younger age. If you're at the age of 40 still live with your mama, I'm not telling you your mama needs to buy it. But what I'm saying here is that, that when nice. I was younger, my mama, when she asked for gifts, I would get cameras. You know, yeah, I got little shoes here and there, but I was thinking about my business when I'm 20-something. I'm thinking about my business when I'm 30-something. So versus me trying to get jump out in the world, Mr. Independent, now I got to pay bills while trying to have enough bills on the side or have enough money coming in on the side to invest in my cameras. I could have did all that when I was at the house. I could have got lights when I was at the house. Now when you leave your house, now you at least got some equipment and some stuff that you can use to make yourself, uh, to sustain yourself when you actually leave the house. So if you're young right now, you still in high school, don't just think about having the newest Jordans and the new 11s every time December come around. Don't think about having the best clothes and all the PS5s just because your friend got a PS5. Because guess what? That same friend that got the PS5, that same friend that's getting all the J's, I know for a fact, because I don't went to high school with them, the same dudes that was popular in high school, they, I ain't going to say bums. They, they bummy. They close to bummy. They close to it. Now, because they didn't, they wasn't developing skills. They weren't thinking about entrepreneurship. They weren't investing into no business. Now, when mama can't can't buy the Jordans, now when daddy can't buy you the chain to have you looking clean in high school, you don't have the money to be able to do that and keep up that lifestyle because dad had a job or dad had a business or mama had a business. Now you gotta be the one that's going out there to get the business. So if you are still in a condition or a situation where you can receive help. Think about what your purpose is, and I always talk about the spiritual GPS. When you have a spiritual GPS, that means you know what your destination is. If you know what your destination is, that helps you understand what your uh, direction is. I remember Brother Malik talked about when you know what you want to do, there is incentives to that because you are able to take advantage of opportunities. If I know I want to be a teacher or I know I want to build a school and I got room in my garage, if I'm driving past somebody giving away free desks, giving away free math books, I'm able to take advantage of that because I know what I want to be when I grow up. But if I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, I'm just freelancing. I'm missing out on all kind of opportunities around me at all times. That may be a free master class that I should have attended because I know, true, if I want to be a teacher and he's doing a free master class on how to be a teacher, how to put together curriculums, how to da-da-da-da, I know I need to attend this class because I know where I'm going. I know where my direction needs to be. But if I'm just out here willy-nilly, like my mom used to say, you run around here like a chicken with your head cut off, you are missing so many opportunities because you don't have a clear vision of where you want to go. So as we transition into this last little piece, what are you uh, breaking down over there about the mortgage timeline? Isn't that what you was breaking down? Yeah. The mortgage timeline because a lot of people – uh, I, I forgot what's the type of uh, interest that you told me about. Is it amortized? What, what's that type of mortgage that were you uh -huh. uh, th 30 years or 15 years from now, you paying almost double, three times what yeah. your actual home is? So yeah. let's go into that. And I'm actually, uh, okay, so I'm about to be, I'm about to do a side-by-side -side comparison. Uh-oh. Okay. Side-by-side. Calculator. And I'm doing it, I'm doing it live. I'm doing it live. We're going to go to mortgage. We're going to go to Google. We're going to go to mortgage calculator. When we go to mortgage calculator on Google, it's going to show this. Can you see this? So the average person's credit getting a home is a 620, 4% APR interest rate. We're going to say they get in a three-bedroom, two-bath, and it costs $335,000. This is not including – this is not going to include – this is not going to include, so we see right here, 335000 You see that? Okay. So $335,000 uh, with a fixed 30-year mortgage, fixed 30-year mortgage in Texas, 
Average credit score is 620. Interest rate of 4%. That's $1,600 a month, right? So we're going to do 1602. 1602. We're going to multiply that times 12 months. We're going to multiply that times 30 years. You would have paid $576,000 for a $300,000, 300-some thousand dollar home. Amazing. uh, $576,000 for a $353,000 home, something like that, which means, hold on, hold on, a $335,000 home. So if we subtract $335,000, the original cost of the home, you would have paid the bank $241,000 in interest alone. Mm. Damn near the same cost of the home that you purchased. So here's the deal. People say, Jake, but my equity going to grow. Yeah. Your equity is is the cost of the home keeping up with the with the purchasing power that you have. And typically 30 years from this moment in time, your home is going to cost that same three bedroom, two bath that costs 335 is going to cost around this amount of money later. So all you're doing is a forced savings to keep up with the purchasing power that you're having in the marketplace. That's all it is. Uh this doesn't include this doesn't include, oh, let me go back to the uh, 335. This $576,000 that you would have spent for a $335,000 home, this does not include uh, taxes. This does not include uh, renovations. This does not include AC units going out. This does not include your child flooding the toilet because them big old boo-boo, uh, uh, they boo-booing, defecating all in the toilet, clogging up. Y'all, if you're black, you didn't clog up some toilets before. Then flooded all the carpet. This doesn't include, this doesn't include uh, uh, landscaping. This doesn't include uh, electricity. This doesn't include gas. This doesn't include water bill. This is this is literally just cost of the home plus interest. Now let me do a side by side. If I were to put three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. In my policy, this is this is a this is an exact example of one of the policies that I have. I ain't gonna show y'all the name of the company because y'all need to come to us. This is my wife, Ashley Jacobs. This is one of the policies. Now, what is that? What does that say right there? Can you see that word? What's that word say? Guaranteed value. See that word back there? Guaranteed. This is what we guarantee. If I put that same three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars in my policy versus that house. Over the same 30 years, you see 30 years, I put the same $335,000 in my policy. I am guaranteed to have how much available to me? $526,000. I'm guaranteed to have what I paid the bank. Mm, And more. And more. And, And guess what, Ben? You know what I can do? I can rent for 30 years and still have more, <laughs> still have more access to capital than most people have. Uh, uh, to to their property now. Before we go, so you saying you put in three hundred thousand into this over thirty years? Over 30 the same years. thing you're gonna do with your mortgage, and by the end of thirty years, you actually will have five in there because of guarantee the, because of the interest that is growing. Guarantee. Up. I didn't even include the dividends on top of that. Mm. I didn't even include the dividends. If you go to this side where the dividends are paid, plus plus another hundred and fifty nine thousand in dividends. You will have actually seven hundred and thirty-seven thousand if I include the dividends. Mm. But I'm not including the dividends. But let's say I include the dividends. You paid the same three hundred and fifty-three thousand, three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars to get a home that you can't move out of, and you got a sale in order to have it. I rented the entire thirty years, and I only operated throughout in my policy. In the same thirty years, you got to, <laughs> you got, you got your house. Uh, it's worth, you put $576,000 into that house, not including taxes and stuff, so easy, smooth, 600 some thousand. You got to sell your house in order to get access to the cash. I rented the entire time. Use my insurance policy. Use my insurance policy. And at the end of the same 30 years, I got access to 737000 I can use at whatever leisure I want to. Hmm. 
Now, this commercial right here is not <laughs> one that's going to come up on the screen, but he probably not going to tell you, but he teaches this inside of the BWO program. So if you go to www.bwoacademy.com, use the discount code DOGE, D-O-G-E, and right now you can actually get in at nearly $2,000 off. This is what he teaches in the Private Banking Blueprint. Now, what he didn't show y'all, because he didn't swipe over one more, if the person dies... Oh, 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 oh I got you. Oh, I got yeah, you. Yeah, teach, I got you. Touch, teach on that now. So, so watch this. You didn't put... You didn't bought a $335,000 home, right? You paid $576,000 for that $335 home. $35,000 home. When you die, your family only gets whatever the value of that house is, and it damn sure ain't going to be no million dollars. It's going to be around $600,000, $550,000. If you did no upgrades, 9 times out of 10, most people, um, and it's statistically proven, I'll bring it on the next show, most people who do the grant loans to get into their house never do renovations to the house before they sell it because hmm. you couldn't afford to get in. Right. So 576000 When you die, your family going to get like 600000 You see that, right? All right. Let me show you my policy. I rented and used my policy for 30 years. Well, let's 600000 plus the taxes and if they don't Minus burn, it, the taxes. Because they still gotta pay taxes. On oh their yeah, home. plus the tax. Yeah. And if they don't pay the taxes, they they lose. They lose the home. home. Yeah. yeah. So 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 if your children don't pay the taxes or you forgot to pay your taxes your last years, they gonna lose that property to the state. Versus me, when I die, I only put three hundred and thirty five thousand dollars into this plan. You mm. see that, right? And when I die, my family's going to get a guaranteed what? One point three million. One point three million. I ain't seen no better plan. I ain't seen no better plan. I can put my money in it, get access to the cash, live in the best properties I want at leisure. And when I die, my family still get guaranteed money. I don't have to guess, Brother Ben. I know exactly what the equity is. That's why I ain't got to play no equity game when I go and purchase a house. Because I'm purchasing a house to use, not to make money for, not to make money with. And I'm using my banks to purchase my homes. And I'm going to pay mortgage or rent back to myself so I can get all that interest that y'all are seeing guaranteed. So either way, you're going to be renting from somebody. You can rent from yourself if you just take the time to build out your banking systems. And it's easier when you collaborate and you, you work in unison. Or you're going to be paying rent to the landlord or you're going to be paying rent to the banker. The worst problem is, is, is having the banker as your landlord because they don't fix nothing. They look at, listen, listen, let me tell y'all something. Banks are more likely to work with you in your first 15 years of your home because that's where they get all their money. After 15 years, you default on that loan more than three months, they come to take that property. Why? Because not only did they get all their money back up front, when they capture it and, uh, and they put a lien on that mortgage, they can then go sell that property for more for more profit. Matter of fact, when you get when you get that that uh, uh, homeowner's insurance on that on that note, you're getting mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance says it's insurance on the mortgage lien to the promissory note that says if you do not pay the promissory note and you default on it, the insurance company will pay the difference of your home what you owe. The bank ain't losing. Mm. And when you look up the history, you got to understand why this whole housing thing came. Before the 1970s, people just weren't buying homes like that. The reason that 1970s there's a big hike in home purchases is because you got to follow the money. The baby boomers were created. Gerber was created. Uh, the uh, Mattel, Mattel, who creates uh, all the toys for all the kids, uh, children, uh, uh, was created in the 1940s. The 1940s, 19 around 1946 to be exact. The 1940s, the, it was the first, it was the first born of the baby boomers. This was uh, this was over 60 million children born in a 10-year period. At that time, it was the most that any children were born. Why? Because the parents were coming back from the army the military, from war. You got to understand the psychology of the marketing that is being played to us. 
So what happened? Everybody was, was pushing what? Diapers. Everybody was pushing toys because before then there was no big toy company. Mattel became the biggest toy company. So you saw on all commercials, you saw Gerber, you saw Formula Milk. Why was Formula Milk now available? Because moms had more children that they can put on their on breast. Mm. And moms, because the parents, the, the father had to go to war, moms were working regular jobs. So when the fathers came back, now you had a working mom, you had a working father. Now that child needed toys to keep their attention, and they needed a formula that wasn't that wasn't created before. They needed a formula to help feed the children because each house had three to four children per house. So then you got that. So the opportunity at that time was to get in the toy industry, something dealing with babies. In the 1950s, it was the big school, the a big school burst. What you mean by that? Because before the baby boomers, there weren't a lot of schools, right? That's why you see if you go to a city, you can go touch like five high schools within a two-mile block radius because at one point in time, everybody lived in a city. Nobody lived in the suburbs. The suburbs were rural areas. They didn't make that a part of the arrangement until, until the overcrowding began to happen. So in the 1950s, schools needed to be extended, rebuilt. Why? Because you had more children than the schools can hold. So what industries were important to get in? Education. They needed more teachers. They needed more nurses, and they needed more people in construction. So you saw more people make the most money and have the most sustainable jobs in those industries in the 1950s. Why was that? Because you got to follow where the money is. So on all the commercials, all the, um, all, uh, all the radio spots, all the newspapers, you saw something about a school, construction, education, or nursing opportunities. So what's the next thing? Hello? Are you going to be talking about houses? Yeah, I'm getting Wait, there. wait, 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 wait. So what we're going to do, we're going to wrap it up because we had our hour. But what you're going to figure out on the next oh, show is he got you on that when one. did people start buying houses and why? And why? Check us out on the next show. My name is Brother Ben X. And I'm Jake Taylor Jacobson. This is ABS Brothers. And he just cut off what was about to be your life-changing moment. See Peace. you next time. Well, I'm glad I don't have to do stuff like that no more. That's the type of job I used to have, working with machines, working with physical labor. Now I make money off using my mind. You ever thought about AT&T, your insurance bill and your light bill? You pay that bill on a monthly basis. So yeah, your light bill may be $60 or $90, $100, whatever the case may be. But imagine that same company is getting paid off for hundreds of thousands of people. If you had a product for $50 and you sold it to a thousand people every month for $50, that's $50,000 a month. I want to help you all develop different products, different services to make money anywhere online as long as you got Signal and Wi-Fi. If you click the link below, I've developed an ebook. It's called 50 Ways to Make Money Online. I want to help you out. See you on the other side.